The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Exciting announcement. We have a really fun show coming up in New York City. Yay, we're going back to my hometown to see all of you guys once again. Third time's a charm. Even though the first and second time, we're also very charmed. We're going to be at Caroline's Broadway. It's a comedy club. September 26th at 7.30. And you can find the link on our Instagram um, in our little link tree offering. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you use promo code retrograde, you will get $10 off your ticket. So it's $25 at the door, $15 with the code retrograde. Pre-sale. You can't use the code unless you buy online. Just to clarify. Just to clarify. We're just figuring out tech and comedy clubs over here. So I want to make sure that we give you guys all the info. We're so excited. We have Yamanika Saunders, comic, opening for us. And we are going to announce our guests very soon. But trust us, it's going to be so good. See you there. Bye. Welcome to That's So Retrograde. Holler. It's a shway day once again, my friends. Shway day. It's pretty exciting. Um, we the best shway day. We've got Megan Wallace-James <laughs> back for her third time here with us. And what a journey I think it's been for both you. Oh, wait, I guess we should introduce ourselves. Are we? Oh, I feel like we're so familiar at this yeah. point with our audience. Guys, guess who's you? Other. Guess. Um, I think I'm Steph. I'm Stephanie, according to the Arizona local news, Elizabeth's name is Stephanie Cott. Which is cute. Stephanie Cott, yep. here I am. <laughs> Finally, I own her. <laughs> okay, so we've got Megan Wallace-James back to the show. Yes. And it's really funny because I think this is, is one of the practices that both has made just such a massive, massive, massive shift in yeah. our lives. Like I can really truly game changing. It's a pillar of shift for me and for you. And it was so funny because I was texting with Megan. And you know how when you're on an iPhone, how you can see like all the media that you've sent one another? Yes. So I was looking back the at photos. The photos. But like sometimes <laughs> hashtag know, I, media. <laughs> I love a good GIF, all right? Okay, okay, so, okay, okay, okay. And links. So uh-huh. okay. So I was looking back at the journey of the photos that I've sent Megan yeah. over the past like year and a half. Mm-hmm. Wowza. I know. I mean, I it actually pains me to think about how my apartment looked before I met her. It was a real saga. Yeah, it, <laughs> it was, was like, really gross. So like to catch <laughs> listeners up, if you haven't listened to any of the previous Shway episodes for myself, I did I've done an initial cleanse with Megan back when we first met predating her being on the show prior to moving. Yeah. And, um, you know, I had worked a lot with Mikey Dimitrovich. We've talked about this also about like, I was feeling like ready for a big shift in my life. So we started with the space I was in and Mm -hmm. talked about really um, calling in and being like, okay, here's where I am. Where do I want to be? And let's use the space to call that in. So kind of leveling up the space to then meet myself there. Right. That makes sense. Yes. And then Megan came in and she really helped. I think, I don't know, there's this thing about just shedding everything to then make space for something new. And we'll 
obviously go way deeper into that I remember later. when she came to my house, she was like, I'd love to help you show your apartment, but you need to get rid of everything. Right. That was like my first directive. The first thing. And then well, it was a kind of like a funny turn of events slash shui slash divine kick out was that this mold forced me to leave my apartment really quickly. Mold, so I had not shui. Not shui. <laughs> so it was truly, we got the apartment ready to kind of where I needed to be. And it's almost as if that space couldn't hold space for me anymore. Mm-hmm. And then from there, I literally had all my stuff in my car for like four months. Her personal nightmare. I was living in my boyfriend's room and with three other boys at the house. Yeah. Three bo- boys in total at the house. It was just like one bathroom. It was just such like an anti-shui moment. Yeah. And the car was like the hub of my whole life. It was scurry, you guys. It was... I, I, it was a moment. Yeah, we hated real. it. I hated it personally. It, it's a whole thing. I wouldn't like, go in it. I refused. <laughs> a lot. <laughs> and then to come through the other side and looking at like the photo developments, I had found this amazing place online and I had sent it to Megan to look at, of course, obviously, first and foremost, we need to like check the bagua of it all. Mm-hmm. And now I'm in this cute little home. And it just felt like this whole whole journey that led from from kind of my like 20 something self to this place that I'm in now and in just seeing it on a photo grid really brought a song to my heart even what's funny like when I if I, I've looked at my old photos of her too and even when I look back at the photos it like there's like a darkness in the pictures like and when I started to move everything it was like light came into my home. Yeah. Like literally it's I look back at them like, "Oh, scary. There's like weird demons in those closets." And now I'm like, "The light has come." The light The light has is coming. Come so yeah, so if you haven't listened to the prior two episodes with Megan, we urge you guys to listen to those because those are give more of like a base line spotlight into her work. And also if you're thinking of doing your own shui project, if you're looking at your apartment and you have that little call in your soul, that's like, I know this could be better. I know I could feel more comfortable, more flow in my space. Like before you even worry about getting it, getting the things in the right place, which I think can be like putting the cart before the horse a little bit, start to just get rid of stuff. Like do a full clean, be really fucking honest with yourself. Like, do I need this stuff? Am I holding on? Maybe if I just pull it all out, I'll realize where I, where, and like, once you see the clean space, you're like, ooh, I don't want to put that like old jacket in there. I don't want to put, like, I don't want to fuck up how beautiful this looks. And that starts to make you more objective. Amen. So we're really excited. Yeah, we'll get right to it. We had so many listener questions. So thanks to everyone who wrote in, Megan um, and us, we crafted like a kind of crowdsourcing topic to bring it all together. And uh, let's get right to it. And away we go. We're really excited to have you back on the show, Megan. Thank you. How's it going? It's going. It's going. Okay, so we- As fabulous as ever in a vintage Versace oversized men's blazer. And what are those shoes? Can we talk? Uh, I've been rocking these for about three years. So cute. Saint Laurent brocade platforms. Okay. Just, it's MWJ just comes through with the fucking fashion and point. This is legitimate Medusa hardware. Oh, yeah. That's I knew Elizabeth would love it. The I classic Versace. <laughs> and Gianni used Medusa because he wanted everybody to fall madly in love with his brand and not be able to leave. I love that. I know, and I'm redoing my brand, and there's some, there's some Roman symbolism. So how do we do that to that. the home? 
is what we're talking about today. We got so many questions when we put a call out to you guys, our listeners, um, but we, we've we kind of condensed them and made them so it flows and can we apply. Swayed we swayed the questions. Megan swayed the questions. We My were the- summer assistant swayed <laughs> really? the questions. Amazing. Yeah. So I think we should just dive right in because we've got a lot to cover. Feng Shui is this ancient art form. Yeah. Um, I call it a science some days, an art form other days. Um, and the, you know, that's kind of why I'm going through a recon. I'm reconceptualizing my brand. Mm-hmm. I'm realizing that what I do is rooted in feng shui, but it actually kind of splinters off. And so, through some of these questions, I'll I'll try to say like this is classic feng shui, and this is kind of my spin on it. But feng shui is um, grounded by a map called a bagua, which just divides a plot of land into nine sections and they kind of cover anything in the human life experience. And so then you can start to play into, uh, I always say you can take it as deep as you want to go, but it it gets into material elements and colors and symbolism and energies. And it's just, you know, really, really cool. Mm -hmm. I love that. It's really fun to play around with. And yeah. we'll, we'll get more specific on all of that. So we're starting with getting started when it comes to feng shui, new home, moving in with a partner, that whole world of it all, which I can relate to. So I'm moving into a new house for the first time. Where does one even start with the feng shui, asks Rachel. This is a great question. I think that, you know, a lot of us don't have the knowledge or the accessibility to um wrap in these concepts when selecting a home. So once you've gotten to the place, where do you start? I'd even like to rewind it a little bit because I think we're such a transient society these days. When you find something, that's where you find it, right? So I found feng shui and and then you're like, oh shoot, it's missing this corner and you start to panic and, and, you know, it's, well, let's put aside all the fear. But if you have the uh, privilege to be looking for a place and you know a little bit about feng shui, I'd like to just call out a couple of things to consider for that process. Um, let's see. One, I really think it's lovely to have an address that sounds nice, mm. that sounds welcoming if you can choose. So like not what? Like I just, there's, I really want to be in Laurel Canyon and something came on the market and it was like, I don't, I forget the address, but like one, two, three, rid path lane. And I was like, rid path? It doesn't right. sound... <laughs> I see. I can spin anything. I'm like, I'm going to rid my path of danger, you know? But just something that sounds... You want it to welcome if you roll can. Off the tongue. I want to move to Dick Street. <laughs> I think they have that. I, I know they do. I've been wanting well, to call we, it We all need different things, but... Um, I just sometimes that's part of the way I tune into a space too. What's the numerology? What's the what's the energy of the address? Mm -hmm. And just if you can choose between a couple options and one sounds more auspicious, then like way to go. That's a fun, that's a fun thing to do. Two, I'd say looking for something that's more symmetrical than asymmetrical. Um, which can be so hard, especially with like you know, moving into older buildings. Like I know beyond my building was built in the 30s and it's like so many weird little corners going on. And and they cut up these big buildings and make a bunch of units. Yeah. And, and none of these, you're never going to have any, you know, all of these line up. These are just things to think about. If you're 
presented with two units in the same building and one's more of a classic rectangle shape versus one that has, you know, very angular. Often we're, I'm, I'm at least drawn to more avant-garde things, but feng shui works quite well when there's just simple symmetry. And I think that's the definition of beauty anyways. But if you... Right? Symmetry and harmony. But if you are to, you know, not have that choice and you do move into something more asymmetrical, I'm sure there are things you can do. There's always things you can do. And yeah. I think that's what um, the message I like to preach. There's a lot of messages I preach. But one is really like, there's no there's no wrong thing. Right. Nothing's bad. Nothing's bad. Nothing's going to hurt you. Nothing's going to, you know, give you an evil disease. Um it's just, you know, if you could choose something more symmetrical, choose it. If the address sounds lovely, you know, great. And also, how is the entrance experience? Mm. Oh, my God. We went to our friend's house, like, late night the other night, and the only thing they had outside was one, like, dead cactus. <laughs> and I was, like, just stoned enough to be so spooked. I was like, you got to get that the fuck out of here. It's freaking me out. She's like, oh, you mean a cactus isn't welcome? I'm like, not only is it cactus, but it's dead. Well, exactly. And, you know, <laughs> some of these uh, apartments or, you know, meandering streets, you're up in the hills and there's a gate, the buzzer doesn't work. Then you get, you know, so it's like, is it easy to find you? Right. And I'd say this is particularly important if you're starting a new business or you're looking for love. You don't want to be like hanging out there like red light district, but you want it to be easy enough to find you. Are you right. someone who postmates all the time and like it's impossible to get to your unit? Like right. it's just something to think about. Interesting. Yeah, that is interesting. And then uh, conscious moving. Like what are you taking with you? Why are you taking it there? Does it fit this space? Do you need this thing? As opposed to kind of dump it all in boxes and figure it out when you get there. I just had this conversation with a friend who was so stressed about moving and she felt like she needed to to do the like cleansing of items beforehand. And I said to her, she's like a full-time job, was really overwhelmed with the move. I said, have your movers pack you and then do it on the other side. Was that bad advice? It's not bad. We don't, these are all like, these are my preferences for things when people tell me they're looking. I, it's, it's a luxury to know I'm here and this is where I'm going and I've been into the space and this is what would work. Mm-hmm. That is a time intensive process and it is a luxury and it is lovely to just bring the things that would work there. Yeah, but, but otherwise you're unpacking a new space and you're like, I just have all this shit and you feel like guilty not finding a place for it. There's no wrong, but I prefer to do it. You know, I, I remember the boys and I had a, a move where we really downsized And taking care of a lot of that before we got there, granted, it was like a week of not sleeping, but it just felt better than getting there and the place was filled to the brim. And then I was trying to do it all. Yeah. Um, And, you know, if you're moving within the same city and you can take over carloads, leave the big things for the mover, it's really as much as you can feel into the space before you get there. And then if you are into, you know, bog wying, you can lay it out and... And that's the that's the fun part. I love to work with clients in empty homes because then we can say, "This is love. This is abundance. This is creativity." You know, the home needs an inherent rhythm, anyways. But then to kind of overlay it with all of that and, and double charge it is is fun if you are into this kind of stuff. Right. So there's levels. There's levels. And it, I think the the biggest thing I'm hearing you say is that like what feels good to you or to us is what really needs to kind of drive the ship. And moving super stressful yeah. and um, moving in with a partner is exciting, but it's also stressful. It's an adjustment. Yeah. For so, sure. You know, pace it. 
make it as um, mythological as you want to. Yeah. But, and I also yeah. just like love the intentionality of what you're saying, where it's like you're not just moving, you're creating a new life for yourself in a way. So like what yeah. do you want that to look like? Do you want it to look like the, the way that it was when you were alone or do you want it to look more of like of like a group hang type of thing? What, <laughs> well, well, what totally. relationships and, are to you? But this is, why I, yeah. this is why I love this work because um, it takes stressful things and it it makes them games right. in, in the best sense of the word. Right. So you're not just moving. You're, you are. You're setting up a new life. And yeah. Um, I think there's a question coming about couples moving in together. Yeah, answer it. Yeah, let's well, talk about I'm going to answer that. it because it's kind of connected to this. You know, you're not just taking all of their stuff and all of your stuff and dumping it there. I'd say you really – some, and it depends on where you are in life and your budget and all of that good stuff. But And are you going into someone else's existing home? Mm-hmm. Are you getting a new home together, which I love couples to do if they can, which Elizabeth could tell us all about. But – um. I'd say the number one thing there, and also just if you're moving by yourself, is leave yourself some room to grow. Right. Don't fill it all. What about like, I know this is more practical and less shui related, but. Mm, Feng shui is super practical. The conversation with your partner of, Mm. you know, what are we bringing with us to this place? Yes. Where is the compromise? I I think back to that Friends episode when Chandler moves in with Monica and he (laughs) wants to have like the pinball machine in the house. And she's just like, we're not fucking bringing that with us. And like, we're not bringing your shitty old man Uh, chairs. And like, 100%. What what kind of things are like worth compromising on and what kind of things are really important to be like, this actually does the shui. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, I always say, you know, bring, you've got to be, it is practical because these are big um, ticket items. Right. But I'd say where you can find an area where you can bridge the gap and you can get something new to you guys, mm. beds are really cool to do that with. He's had his bed over there. You've had yours, whatever the story is, you know, invest in a new bed, pick and choose between the other belongings right? and do a big, like feel good karmic donation mm-hmm. and then give yourselves room to grow and figure out the space. You don't need the couch and the TV and the, you don't need it all figured out. I love when you move in a new place and you don't have anything for a little while. It's like, it's really cool because then you, get, it feels you good. get the energy. You're like, okay, what does this actually need? I'm not just going to like mm-hmm. throw furniture in here for the sake of furniture. Like saying it's done and Instagramming that it's like perfect and right. ready to have your moon circle group over like immediately. 35% for example. of my place filled and... It feels really good. But I appreciate you taking your time with it. Like, I feel like every time I come over, there's like a little something that's different. Yeah. And I know in like six months, it's going to feel more complete. And like, that's plenty. Mm. That's enough. That's fine. It's not like we're coming over being like, Elizabeth, why don't you have a couch? The first thing I did was furnish the backyard because that was such a focal point within the home. And obviously it being summer and like I just that was what and drew you never me. had a backyard right. Before. It drew me to well, the space in Los Angeles so deeply that it was like that felt like the first investment. And obviously, like in my philosophy, you don't put like the high ticket investment in the outdoor furniture because it's outside. So it was like you know like low entry fee, and I felt like okay, here's like the first kind of hub of the home, and then mm-hmm. moved from there. Exactly. Yeah. Pick, yeah. Defined declared spaces. And how do you, like, make your partner get on board with that? Like, you know, the idea of, like, because I know, like, this is a generalization, but please forgive me all. Uh, You know, men 
tend not necessarily, unless it's a specific kind of man, to, and this is just a heteronormative <laughs> question, to be like... I was waiting for that word to be thrown in there. <laughs> well, you know, I just want to account for yeah, the fact yeah, yeah, that yeah. people are listening and aren't necessarily... But 100%. I'm coming from my own point of view where they might be like, what's the big deal? And like not kind of care. push back. Yeah. Yeah. That's so Took interesting. Took me a long time to get to that question, I, but... I had to like temper my excitement and like understand that because I'm really excited about this built-in storage that I designed and now has become Mm. a thing. Like my boyfriend's not going to meet my excitement. Yeah. (laughs) And that has to be okay. And that actually had to be a conversation of like him being like, this is your thing. I'm in full support. Like I'm not jumping off the walls, but I'm like, Loving that you are. Yeah. And that was like an interesting thing because I'm like, we got a new bed. And he's just like, cool. Yeah. Yeah. I I think everyone notice that shit. Or it can go the other way. Totally. Where, you know, it's his bachelor pad or her, you know, home she's had forever. Right. It's really just understanding that everybody's going to come into it. It's, It's a big transition. And like pick and choose what's really important to you. Do you need that space to meditate? Do you have a yoga practice? Do you need to be able to work from home? It's not all going to be perfect right away. And it's the same thing you were saying where you want to get into a house and feel into the house and feel into what could happen there. And like, oh, I want a big dining room table. I never had one before, but I feel like this is a dinner party house. Also, you might not have lived with this partner before and or with a partner before, right. and you guys don't really know. And so if he needs to bring his chair or she needs bins of hair products, like, okay, fine. You know, There's room to negotiate as you guys get more comfortable and you really are embodying the home more. So it doesn't all have to be laid out and, and defined at the at this jump it's a yeah it's a moving target (laughs) I think this perfectly segues into the next question from Ari which is keeping a flowing but energetically separate space when she moves in with her boyfriend in September flowing but energetically separate space I have this with my animal (laughs) yeah and and I wasn't sure you know are you moving into someone's existing space right so it's a deeper question um and I sense like a little bit of hesitation. I mean, I think it's all natural. It's just putting literal space around your need to define and know it too, like the mental shui of all of it. Mm, of, mental shui. But I think everybody needs. Yeah, <laughs> that's black belt. Deep and <laughs> um, mental shui. But, you know, everyone needs a little nook too. Right. Um, Something that's like theirs. Yeah. And so I would say start with that and kind of call out that space and. I know when I moved, before I even knew what the thing I did was called feng shui, I moved into a a ritzy bachelor pad. And it wasn't until we were having our first baby who turned seven today that I got to put my own stamp on the space. And I, and I took the guest bedroom and I made it his nursery. And that was so empowering to me that I did something in this space. And that was the room I loved to be in the most. And so there's natural transitions too, where you don't want to move in and mandate a redesign. That's really kind of bitchy, but there's <laughs> going to be these natural places where you guys are getting a puppy or, you know, you have an elderly parent who needs to visit and there's ways for it to be natural and mm. graceful and easy where you can start to put more of a, a stamp on it. And I just don't want people stressing and just rebuying things so that they can be there, you know, just be really I think uh, a gentleness yeah, is give the most it some important. Time back to what Steph said of like giving the space time to marinate and then have mm-hmm. a conversation of like where feels good. Like 
I want you to have like a place where you feel like you can keep your stuff. This is like a an advertisement for nonviolent communication. Yeah, right. Yeah. I want you yeah. to have a corner, <laughs> but like, yeah. But true, like I would say to Ari, like really, once you're in there, like talk about like if you guys both need a separate place to work and and how that can flow and just being really communicative is like away from the shui of it all, but just like in general when moving in of just like the energetic space and what feels good for both of you. And don't feel afraid to voice what feels good for you because maybe I'm going back to the heteronormative of it all. Maybe uh, he might not even think to ask or dialogue about that. Especially if he's been living there for five years. You just, you get used to your space. And then, you know, I'd say a, a great tip is to have, both partners do a big purge before you combine. Mm. Um, so then you're kind of coming with your best stuff. And you're creating space. You're creating like to grow person. together. Yeah. So we talk about abundance needs, you know, clean counters, room for more. Well, relationship does too. And also I'd say with that, if I we're going to talk more mental shui, like maintaining your own social agendas as well and really keeping, be who you were in that space too. It doesn't mean everything is done in tandem now. You know, that's a recipe for a codependent nightmare. Let's take a pause to get into something we don't even get to get into with Megan today on the episode, which I think is a whole episode in itself. And it's changed our lives. Closet shway. Wow. Condensing, only having the things you love and having amazing quality pieces. And Mm -hmm. I have to tell you, tradesy.com, which is an amazing fashion resale marketplace where you'll get fashion you crave up to 90% retail, high quality, all authentic, designer goods. Yeah, designer goods out of the back of your website. So good. (laughs) We love it so much. And the thing that I've been really into lately is kind of getting rid of like five things and then finding one really amazing thing that I can wear all the time. And the thing that we love about Tradesy because it sort of is in line with a lot of things that we've been talking about, is that we want to be always becoming more conscious with our consumption, not creating more waste. And Tradesy really supports that when it comes to being fresh, stylish, sustainable, because they've got all this amazing stuff from the closets of other people who just have had their moment with it. And you can also sell too. Maybe your ex bought you a really nice bag as a gift. Kudos to him. But you're like, every time you look at it, it's like a trigger point. (laughs) You can sell that on the site. Unfortunately, you can't sell your old boyfriend, but you know. But if you want to. Waiting on that tech. Hit me up. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sitting here looking at my Tradesy purchase, which is a beautiful, rare gold Fendi wallet. So cute. I have this like weird malfunction in my life where I never have a wallet. It's been something that like, I had one wallet that I bought when I was like 15. And then I think I've had one since then. And and normally it's just like a mess of like cards and cash and coins everywhere. Wallet shway. Not shway. (laughs) And I was like, if I'm going to get a wallet, I want it to be something nice. Something that I want to keep track of. Something that I'm proud of. Something that matches my Fendi from high school that I still have. Mm -hmm. And here we are, folks. Isn't she gorgeous? I ended up, it's so cute. She's gorgeous. She's gorgeous, Stephanie. She can hear you. I ended up getting... I also a little Fendi piece. Mm. It was a We're basically Cardi B. I mean, the healers were Fendi, you know? Yeah. Um, I got a little classic Fendi baguette, kind Ooh. of in my a nod to like a Carrie Bradshaw moment of yesteryear. That's what I have. And um it's camel, it's cashmere, it's never been used. It was under four hundred dollars. It was the best. So head over to tradesy.com and use the promo code retrograde and you will get fifty dollars off. 
when you spend $400 or more. And you're going to spend $400 on something that would normally be like thousands of dollars. So yeah. it's really incredible. I'm obsessed. I spend my evenings uh, just trolling the website. It's better than a dating app because it'll never break your heart. And they have an app too. Oh, so, well, wow. There you go. <laughs> That's crazy. T-R-A-D-E-S-Y.com. Promo code retrograde. You will not be disappointed. I promise. Send us pics of what you guys get. Please. Okay. Back to the rest of this shui conversation, which we cannot wait to dive back into. I love the, like, I feel like the main thing that I've learned from your work over the last however long that we've known you is like that, that notion of. Ten years. Yeah. <laughs> a lifetime. That ha- is, Multiple lifetimes. Is that notion of like that if you're full in any capacity, whether it be like with stuff or with like mm-hmm. thoughts or with too many people or. Counter space. Any, like literally every, yeah. like applies to every 50 aspect 50 supplements. Of yeah. Any, 20 unless yoga, you're taking yeah. all of them. <laughs> Vanessa. <laughs> no, but like everything in life, like if you have no space for something new, you're not going to be able to call that in. And like that to me is like the most important element at mm-hmm. the moment. And like. In the case of relationship, it's like if there's no space for you to move in and him to like give space for you, like where is the next, where is the you guys together part of the equation? Otherwise, just yes. two people like slamming their shit together. There's actually a third entity involved and that's like where you guys come together. It's like beautiful, beautifully said. And, yeah. and I think we'll close out this round with just, I always try to remind people if you know the magic when you do go into a new place that you might rent or buy and it's empty and Ugh. clean and you... It's endless possibility yeah. because there's nothing there to inform or dictate what needs to happen. Mm-hmm. It's very different than seeing a staged home where it's like, this would happen here. Right. I want that for relationships too. And then just kind of coming in and a relationship with yourself in a new space, but letting it stay empty, you know, and, and let life unfold, um, you know, as it's supposed to for your highest good, as opposed to racing and rushing and cramming. I also find like when you move into a new place and you put everything in, like for me, it was like a year later that I was like, wait, this is all in the wrong space. <laughs> yeah. You know, and even after like we worked together, I still was like, something's not right. And then I like went and did it again. Cause it's like, it's a pro- you it's go process. deeper into it and you're like, this needs to be open. That needs to go over there. This needs to get the fuck out of here. Like, you know how we talk? I think we both had this conversation in kitchens where I, I advocate to move out, to move back in. Yeah. You literally, because you don't know the rhythm of the home or what you're going to be doing there. So to take, an afternoon or a weekend and empty out a room and then re-put it back together the way you actually do use it. Mm -hmm. So powerful. I love that. And so when you move, you're not going to get it 100% right. And it's okay to say, why do I have the coffee over here and the mugs here? And then I'm, so it's all, you know, there's an efficiency in all of this That takes a minute to find that rhythm. So I love the idea of like just pulling everything out and starting anew. Yeah. We can do that anytime. We can anytime. It's like doing that like, like a, seasonally is a strong move. Well, this work does best on an annual reset, okay. which is whenever you would move. And I swear a bell will go off in your mind and you'll be like, oh, it's October again. I've been here two years. And then a seasonal reset. Yeah. Yeah. So big annual reset and then a seasonal, what do I call it? I don't know. Like seasonal assessment. Yeah, a little touch, yeah. touch in. Yeah. Okay, so now we're going to go into like some more specifics. We got some great questions about entrances being tricky. What mm. Summer wants <laughs> to know, what mm. about stairs facing the front door? Yeah, I mean, this is... this Is um, is that bad? 
okay, nothing's bad. Oh, sorry, sorry. Okay, but, like, is what's that, the ideology that behind that? To me, the way I read it is it's, like, this kind of metaphor of moving mountains. So we, we, we got across town. We parked the car. We got the parking permit. We rang your doorbell. And now there's a whole other flight of stairs to climb. Obstacles. So oh. it's often in those homes we're, we're doing a lot of big work. I have that. Yeah. Like a huge, uh, my stairs, I get out of breath. Right. So, and then you come up and turn. So yeah. it's, but isn't it a time in life when you're just like setting up, a, you're doing a lot of heavy lifting. Definitely. So I think these things don't dictate what happens, but they help inform us if we care to kind of go down the rabbit hole. Yeah, like I wouldn't want to be there forever. And actually I have two clients I was just talking about the stair thing with, and it's more these internal stairs. So you have stairs to get up. But say you get up to the house and then the first thing is you open the door and there's a big flight of stairs. It's really common in homes. Yeah, it's super. San Francisco, it's like every, you know, on the hills. Like where I grew up, that was a big thing too. That was my whole childhood home. So my advice, uh, you know, not seeing the specific space would be to make that as easy as possible. It can't become a Install dumping ground. <laughs> Install an automatic chair. Well, I had clients. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I bet they had the grotiest carpet in there. And I said, yeah. I know you rent. I know whatever. But can we, can we get a not gross carpet on the stairs? And it, it made a world of difference. Really? So just having the, the stairway clean and clear, not be disgusting. You know, take a Mr. Clean on the sides of the wall where everyone's handprint is. Mm-hmm. Do you need to install a handrail? And then popping a really cool piece of art up at the top so the eye has somewhere to go. Oh. And the eye has somewhere to send to. And I love a very vibrant, almost vista so it's like, oh, I'm going up there, or a little oh, like pedestal with fresh flowers, a or picture a picture of your own face, <laughs> big beautiful <laughs> plant, something that distracts the eye from walking up the stairs. Mm-hmm. So you're sending towards something, and there's an artistic reward at the top. I, I like that. the psychology really cool. behind yeah. that. That's really nice. And then a question in terms of. Um, money flow and the front door looking towards the back door from Tiffany. Wait, what does that mean? Oh, it's just like like you walk in and they're right there. This lucky uh, you have a back door. Yeah, <laughs> bougie. First of all, <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, feng shui says that the the front door is is the mouth for the chi. It's where all the energy comes into the building. So the idea would be is that it all comes in and then it all exits out. Okay. And we want the energy to to stay in the house and to roam around and play. So. In those situations, I mean, that happens in Malibu, right? You walk in and then everyone has the ocean view, those big, beautiful homes. Oh, yeah. And the energy's just believe. Wow. I've, I've visited. <laughs> yeah. You guys know what Malibu is, right? <laughs> oh, to be a feng shui consultant in Los Angeles. So you walk in and, and then so say there's that gorgeous ocean view. It's beautiful, but it's all glass and all the energy goes out. So it's how can you get the energy to dance and move around and stay? Yeah. I like to take something really weighted and kind of put it in the middle. So a big, beautiful table, a really tall thing of flowers, like apply this analogy to whatever it would be in your life. But we don't, we want to stop it from going all the way out. That can be a couch. You can put a couch there. Now you don't want to be hit with all the energy, but you want a way a lot of feng shui books talk about a gentle meandering Japanese stream. You know, it's like, ooh, get the energy. So so to move around it, interact with it, and disperse it throughout the home. Keep, you know, literally block it. Something weighty and beautiful and interesting. I like that, that making I feel sense? Like some people have this misconception that, like, a block is bad. And sometimes it's not ideal. Right. 
depending but on. But there, we want to slow it down. We don't, and, and if you are having money problems, oh, she's, this is about money too. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. a, that's a kind of a classic, all the abundance, all the love, everything's just bleeding out. So really? Ooh, I got also chills. window treatments, you know, say it's a window or the back door is glass or has a cover it. That also keeps the energy inside Ooh. or hang a big, insane. I just did this in San Francisco with a client. We put in this huge, crazy tiered paper lantern. Ooh. And it just gave the energy something to move around and it literally flows and moves and that sounds really chic. I'm yeah. so into that. Yeah. Interesting. So the money had just because it's like going in and out. Too well, it's like freely. you get a big paycheck and you have to pay it all for bills. Right. That's that would be the the analogy. Interesting. So we want the money to stay in your bank account. We want the energy to stay in your home. That's we want the lover to stay in your bed. Can I tell you? My I know my kitchen is like my abundance area. Um, yes, it is. And so that's I literally said out loud to myself I, today. I feel like all I'm doing all the time is just washing dishes <laughs> because I have no dishwasher and I'm, mm-hmm. I'm cooking. And I don't, I'm like freaked out that there'll be more than like four dishes in this thing. So every day I'm just like washing dishes because I want to like make sure that but that's I'm like, keeping that's that like, uh, active the, and not stagnated. What card in tarot is that where he's just making pentacles? It's like six or seven. But that's, you can spin this stuff too. It's all a mental game to some degree because feng shui and manifestation go so well together because it cements a conscious correlation. Okay. So if you're like, every time I wash a dish. I'm like making a widget. I'm making another podcast. Right. I'm earning another dollar. It's right. like, that is work. That yeah. is abundance. Yeah. You don't strike it rich randomly and keep it all. You've got to invest your money every day, check your balances. Mm-hmm. So there is a lot of um, work energy around money. You had said on a previous episode with us that this type of work is like a, a living uh, vision board. Totally. And I love that so deeply. It all applies. And so we're going to talk a little bit about the Bagua, which you mentioned. Which is not the Bagua. I knew you were going to say that one. <laughs> so it's a different thing. Wild, wild country fans. <laughs> <laughs> Hold tight, wild, wild country fans. We'll get to the culty stuff later. Yeah. Um, so it's, as How you, do we fuck Osho? <laughs> no. Oh, so God. We have nine different Well, I, I, There's kind of some interesting things coming to a head here. I'm learning that in my private practice, the Bagua is super cool. It's fun to map it out. And maybe every other person who practices feng shui is going to scream when I say this. I actually think it's more important that the home is just really on point, has a mix of elements, has life, has warmth, has light, has rhythm, has systems, has storage, as opposed to there's a candle in your fire gua in the back center. Right. To me, that's becoming a lot less important. And the clients I see making the biggest leaps have homes that they love and they're proud of and are healthy, living, breathing mm-hmm. entities, as opposed to they've painted their abundance corner green and there's a lucky jade plant there. And I've always kind of had that thing with feng shui and there's I've tried all plants? the things. Yeah. Oh. So the Bagua is important, but it's also like I'm working on my book proposal and kind of unpacking what what I believe in with feng shui and what I don't. I believe in the Bagua and I use it, but I don't want people to freak out and make it this superstitious thing that if 
their floor plans asymmetrical or they don't quite understand. To me, it's so much more important that you've tasked your home with a mission and it's got a rhythm and that that makes sense to you and that you shift it if you want to. And plus, if you want to use this and send to it and it feels authentic and integrated, beautiful. But I'm really right now using it more as when I have to make a decision between a couple of different pieces of furniture or a paint color or something like that, it will help inform my decision-making as opposed to dictate that the desk has to go here because this is abundance. I remember we had that conversation in one of Mm -hmm. our last episodes where the questions were related to like, what if I don't have, I don't have a love corner. Like, it's going to be okay. You're not going to die alone. And, And this has been around for so long. I know it works. I know it's real, but I just really want to let people feel more empowered Mm -hmm. and to have fun with it, but we'll we'll do all the bogwog right. questions now. So, but I wanted that disclaimer. With that said, in the world. I, like I love that. that. So with that said, um, when dealing with a multi-level house, how do you apply the bagua map? So it always starts from the front door of mm-hmm. the home, which you're always going to enter. And and I made you guys little bagua to post if um, people yes, want to see one. Will. Um, you always enter into wisdom, life path, or attraction. Mm-hmm. The front part of it, wherever the front door is, that starts the whole thing. And say that's a stamp, you just carry it up each level. Okay, so it like it so it is the same on the first floor that it is on the second like floor. You don't restart it because the Got staircase it. now is the new entrance to the second floor. Right. It right. literally it's like a dollhouse. It just keeps moving up. Now the floor plan might change. Uh it might be indented or outdented. Mm-hmm. That's where someone like me comes in, where if if you want to figure that out, we can map that all out specifically. Yeah. But the, the first floor um, sets the tone based on the true front door, the intended front door of the home, not the door that you sometimes use when you're bringing the kids and the groceries in. That carries up, 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 and down if you have a basement. And then I love okay. the second part of this question, with, which, I, which I'm curious myself about. How do you account for a detached garage or backyard? Um, does that, do we include it? Does it extend from where it is within the house? Is it so its own bagua? It's its own thing. So the bagua is micro to macro. So you can go from, you know, this tabletop to a plot of land. So with garages and things like that, um, I look at where in the plot of land they are. If they're back in the back left and they're in abundance and they're like in shambles, well, that mean, that's where I use the bagua. I'm like, oh, that's interesting. I want your garage not to be in shambles. And it also happens to be in abundance. Mm-hmm. So it gives us more of an impetus to do it. So you kind of look mm. at where it is on the plot of land, but then you overlay the bagua uniquely onto that detached guest house or garage or whatever it is. And even if you have a random room that kind of, say you do have a wing of the house that just juts out, then the bagua is the, the symmetrical part of the house. And then you overlay the bagua on that piece based on that front door. So wherever you enter, say it's um, a big enclosed porch and it goes off to the right of the house, just relay the bagua on that piece and then discount it from the rest. Yeah. And also, I guess a big, a good fix for this would just be like anywhere that there's in shambles, fix that. Uh, yeah. Solid <laughs> advice. Totally. Like, I have to go home to my garage right now. I just like, that's the kind of the, the detective part of all of it. It's, and you know, a lot of people are like, well, what do you mean by metaphors? It just helps inform, kind of make sense of the lived experience and then gives you a tool 
to start to shift your inner world and your outer world simultaneously. But yeah, if something's decrepit and falling apart, it just is. And that gets back to the broader picture. It really doesn't matter where it is. If it's really bugging you, it's something to address. Say you are missing your love corner Mm -hmm. and your home just doesn't have one. You can activate the love corner of every particular room based on the entrance to that room. Okay, cool. So the back right of every room, I'd urge you not to put like little bits of rose quartz in all of them, but do something that feels earthy Why and lovely. Why not that? I just, that, then it just starts to look like a weird gift shop to me. Right, right. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. It's like, are you living in a house or are you doing like a metaphysical bookstore? <laughs> And so there's true. a way, I think I'm Both. really... <laughs> yeah, like, honestly. <laughs> Actually, my book collection. <laughs> I call my apartment a mystic journey. I'm, I'm talking to it. the wrong demographic. <laughs> but what I'm trying to say is, and then that's, you know, you can embed duality. You can have, you could do a lot of different things. And I love to solve those riddles with people where it doesn't look like something's been cured with feng shui. It just feels good. And then they feel like, okay, cool. I, I reclaimed my love corner. And they can let go of that paranoia that it's missing. Yes. Mm. I love There's just always like a hack. The interconnectedness yeah. of the psychology is so fascinating to me. Um, That's good. With the, with the bagwaying of it all in the non-traditional spaces, Nikki asked, my home doesn't have a typical shape. It's long and skinny. How do I apply the feng shui techniques to non-traditional shape? You kind of set, touched on this with using each room. As- yeah, I'm picturing like a tall London townhouse. It's still a rectangle. So like... She's going to have the front three are just going to be tight together. So you're almost merging. I'm thinking like a ranch style home, right? That's just like long and skinny and doesn't feel like there's enough space for the three separate baguas yeah, to Yeah, long and skinny out. or tall and right. narrow. It's still, you still overlap, but they just might all kind of blend together in a different way. They might be really, I wish I could like have visuals here, but- it all is still there. You might just, the whole entrance itself might be wisdom, life path, and attraction. Mm. Uh, it, you still overlay it. Yeah. And that's where, like, don't freak out. It's just make the home really harmonious, make it make sense, have all five of the elements in there. And the elements are um, wood, metal, metal, water, fire. What's the last one? Air, heart. Earth. Earth. <laughs> yeah. Earth is the big one. There's three um, segments of the Bagua or Earth. I'm writing a book I'm really excited about that I think really takes the fear and the superstition out of this and, and gives people a lot of concrete action items and checklists and yeah. specific to rooms of the home and a lot of different philosophical touch points. And I'm writing that book because I haven't found a, a solid resource. Mm-hmm. I haven't found... Um, I take bits from everything and I'm so grateful for everyone putting out the content and the classes, but there's not one thing that I, I go to, which is why I I was like, fuck it. I'm going to start a feng shui consultancy. Well, here's an example of like, I know a feng feng shui, I'm so near, a feng shui, a feng shui, (laughs) uh, like faux pas that like I've done in my home. I, I bought a bed that has drawers underneath it. Because I don't have enough space in my home for like to store my sheets. So, so and you're like, sleeping on soft, I mean, sheets. Totally. And it's all folded and it's all like, I know. To me, that's not a faux pas. It's very organized, but like, I know that you think about feng shui, feng shui. Whatever. I don't think I say it right. And you're like not supposed to sleep on top of anything. 
there's a lot of hard and fast rules. This is what I'm saying. I don't I don't subscribe to them. Okay. I'm like, don't put your tax records and like knives under there. Right. No, it's like uh, my bad stuff and my workout clothes and yeah, my pajamas. And you would sleep on any of that. I know you. You would come home wasted and fall asleep on a pile in of fact, sheets. I have done that. Workout clothes. Many a times in my life. <laughs> so to well, me, that's cuddling I with my clothes. I also think it's better your, to have a place for something yeah. and have it be that's organized. That's why I did it because it was stressing me out. Then, I'm like, I just have sheets like right with not like a proper place to store them yeah so to me that feels like a solution yeah like let's let's be real I I remember watching this YouTube I should find it like this woman claimed she had built like a feng shui home it was 100% it didn't even what were you gonna do in this thing (laughs) so it's like there are right we're not we're not Buddhist monks we don't want to erase the practical along with it which is why and like, it's I'd just love a, to have one set of sheets and zero clothes, but it's just not an option. No, to me, that's not bad feng shui. That's just, you know, I don't know. This is where I get really frustrated. No, I, but this is the thing, because I think that that's, this is a lot what the questions are sort of leading to of like, well, it doesn't apply to classical If it was shui. keeping you up all night no. and it didn't feel right, that's the stuff I'm more concerned well, with. The only thing that keeps me up at night is a really aggressive full moon. On <laughs> <laughs> <I'm> brand. <laughs> So what about, I think, like, with with what Stephanie brought up, one thing that I always notice is, like, for me, no matter what, I'm always going to have, like, a junk basket or, like, a junk drawer or, like, a pile of things that need to be tended to that are going to be out for a couple days. Is there a certain mindfulness that we should have around, like, where the Bagua, where in the Bagua we put these things? I don't think so. I think that inherent rhythm of the home is more important. And I talk about elegant systems. And these are not like, you know, California closets. By elegant systems, I mean um, like a basket of junk that when it is full, you know you need to go through it. Mm -hmm. And it's a pretty basket. And it's not out on the kitchen counter for everybody to see. Mm -hmm. It's not right beside your bed and impacting your sex life. It's it's where it would go. And you know when it's full and you do it. Those are the systems. You know, we, you know, I, I have kids. It's like crazy. But it's like, can, do things have a home to go back to? Right. That's a very different energy than this thing doesn't have a home. I don't know where it's going. There's junk everywhere. It's just making the house work for what it needs to accomplish in any given time. And then it will shift as your life shifts, you know? Yeah. People might have a home office and then they start a, a workspace and they can move that out. And it's just, there's so much practicality, but there's that pause to figure out what am I doing? Why am I doing it? And how could I do it beautifully? That I really want to encourage people to take that pause and ask those questions and figure it out as opposed to not. And then just being like, yeah, I'm busy. And yeah. You know, yeah. It's, it's like a shit show. That That's just thing. what it is. Right. And then it becomes very victim-y all over the house. Mm. So what about colors? <laughs> we had um, a listener, Heather. She says, I'm a therapist and I would be interested to know what colors promote calm and healing vibes. I would love to add them in my office to promote all the good stuff. That's really a, a great therapist. Yeah. Right? Um, you know, I took color theory probably back in Parsons. I'm not... Um, I know there's people, haven't you had people on who specialize in color? Dugal Frazier. It's a very cool science. I'm more of like, what makes you feel really good? And does it, is it a real color you would see in Mother Earth? I don't like anything harsh or synthetic. Um, I just did this thing where I was painting my whole apartment and I wanted it all to be one color. 
and like I asked two designer friends and they both picked beautiful colors, but I didn't love either of them. They would have looked beautiful, but I was like, actually, I really like this earthy pink and I'm going to paint the whole thing pink. (laughs) And it feels so good. And anybody who comes over is like, wow. And I think it's because it's my happy color and it's warm and it has light. It doesn't even read as, you're just like, it feels good. So I would right. urge Heather to be like, granted, she's there to address, you know, other people's lives too. But like, what's something that feels authentic to her, feels happy to her, and she feels like she can show up and be on point. And if she's To be calm, her best self. Yeah. yeah. Like if her energy is calm. It'll set the tone. Then, yeah, exactly. And fresh paint just feels good across the board. But, you know. Um, that, that's the answer there. And you kind of answered this, but how do colors fit in, if at all, with feng shui, um, asks Mackenzie. They totally do. And they, each bagua has a certain color story associated with it. I'm a little bit looser with it where I want it to feel like the energy of that gua. I know one of my teachers said that her biggest regret was putting specific colors in her feng shui book because then, you know. Um, people would hire her and they'd be like, I read your book. And she said it would look like a circus tent. You know, one wall would be red. Right. right. One wall would be green. And so, you know, that always stuck out to me. So I, for example, wisdom is in the front left. It's an earth element. And to me, it's like any color that would be on the forest floor would feel really good there. But yeah. wisdom's also the energy of the forest floor, grounded, earthy, kind of dark, real. So, you know, love has a very certain energy. It, But I don't think it needs to be pink and red and look like Valentine's Day. It just right. needs to feel sensual and nurturing. And abundance has a certain energy, but that doesn't mean you need purple and gold. So I'd really just say... <laughs> I'm just picturing the most yeah. wacky, like, multicolored house. Well, it happens. And, right. you know, people... And, and I think that's where you can use an accessory and you can pop in a bright orange pillow or something. Right. But it the colors should feel like you would truly, I'll often say, what is a part of the natural world that just makes you feel alive? Yeah. So what, where do you, are you guys like ocean, forest? Stone I'm, tones. Mm. I'm like a blue. Terracotta. Yeah, that's why I liked that kimono for you. Yeah. So kind of picking a, a theme like that, and I think that covers, that would be way more yeah. impactful I'll, than. I'll be honest, the, the, the color selection is where I'm feeling like is stalling some things. It's kind of fucking me up because yeah. a it feels let's you know I attribute anything when it comes to home placement. It's like a really intense styling job because mm-hmm. it's like you're it's like you're picking an outfit for the next five years. Exactly. Essentially. Yeah, <laughs> so there is a lot of pressure. I like it. one days I'm like greens, the other days I'm like burnt oranges, and and that's why I never painted my apartment. Okay, so, so this like, yeah. white stays. Well, no, sure. I'm talking about upholstery totally. specifically. Okay, so to use you as an example, yeah. I was just over last week and we were looking at the bagua and we were looking at the material elements themselves right. as opposed to any kind of guide on color. So in your kitchen nook, it's a metal element. So, you know, a color of metal, something cool like metal mm-hmm. feels better than something hot mm. or brash or lush. Whereas when we were looking at where the couch might go over in family, which is wood, the camels felt a lot better than mm. the than the cold gray. 
an axe would chop down a tree, yeah. but a tree bark would be, you know, warm and brown. Ooh, I love an, uh, what that's color did you say? I'm trying to camel. Camel. I'm I trying love that to find color. And it's so Elizabeth. It is. I'm trying to and find. Perennial Ralph Lauren classic. Hello. <laughs> I'm trying to find a, a medium between like a true camel and a burnt orange velvet. Manifest. <laughs> yeah, go for it. That's but then I'd at, say but... to really get feng shui, not too hot. You don't wanna, we don't want to fire up the wood. Right. We don't want to burn it down. But in your bedroom, in your bedroom where you moved that white piece from, that is legacy. That is fiery. Mm -hmm. So some orange and some warmth or some coral sunset shades Mm. work really well there. And I have I can just hang out there with my hair if you want. Yeah, Yeah. Just watching her in her bed. (laughs) I want to just go back to one thing that you said too, which I think is so important with the like, okay, just because you put something there doesn't mean that it's going to like create the the vibe. Because like I have a friend, I went into her home somewhat recently Mm -hmm. and she seemed to have some like manifesting tools around you know what I mean like I could tell that crystal or crystals and I could just tell that she was somewhat mindful of this stuff but there was a it needed to be cleaned yeah you know what I mean so I was like well none of that stuff's gonna do anything and this is just like the notes the whole thing and I went through this with you too is like (laughs) none of that stuff is gonna do anything if it's on yeah you are but I like that if it's on like a foundation of Filth. Dirty, not only surface, but when something clearly hasn't been, like, mold through in a while, it's, like, a dirty energy. 100%. And that's where, like, I don't think hanging a nine-inch long red ribbon with a sun catcher crystal does anything. Whereas a deep clean in a day of being on your hands and knees and connecting with your house. Right. And using, like, a yummy organic peppermint soap. Like, to me, that's, like, we're going to manifest so much faster. there. Right. Don't bring more things in if you haven't baseline, like, fully cleared the vibe. There's a great new move memo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So. Just wanted to. Yeah, you're, you're on it, girl. You should come, is, come over. These are yeah. some great questions <laughs> in regards to bedroom shui. Okay. What is the best feng shui for the position of the master bed? Facing the doorway, perpendicular, et cetera. And a lot of times in, in rooms, there's really only one option for the bed. Oh, my God. True. Sorry, Damon Wayans Jr. tweeted that he just realized that master bedroom is a racist label. And I think that's so funny. We all really need to think about that. I read that. I was like, oh, my God, that's true. Yeah. It's like fucked up. It's just your bedroom, guys. It's the person who lives there's bedroom. No one's anybody's master. Okay, I'm really into conscious language. What should we start calling it? Um... Large bedroom, main bedroom, main bedroom. I would say. Am I going to be like? I'm going to primary primary bedroom. Yeah, primary. I think children are in the secondary. (laughs) Yeah. Well, that's the kids' room. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. My bedroom. The office. My bedroom. Prime. I think primary is a really strong use of that. I like people to have names that they call rooms. They don't have to be ridiculous names. But yeah, you would call it my bedroom. Yeah. You wouldn't be like the master bedroom. Yeah. The the palace of yeah. Yeah, the big room. <laughs> the big room. Yeah. The main one. Yeah. The one. It's my primary bedroom. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I sleep in the secondary bedroom from time to time if I'm feeling like I just want to Actually, if you have a guest bedroom. Relax into my riches. <laughs> public service announcement. If you have a guest bedroom, sleep in it. Oh, that's smart. Please sleep just in it. Just once or all couple the time? times. Yeah. Is it actually comfortable? Feel I like that. That's Is it good... set up for a guest? Yeah. And how cozy do you want it to be? Congratulations. Seriously. But if you have a guest bedroom and you desperately need the space, 
I take away so many guest bedrooms. Really? And yes. turn them into what? Offices? Anything. I just took away one and, and now she's having private kundalini clients over all the time. Perfect. And, yeah, what is that And energy? she got a nice set of sheets for the couch. Mm-hmm. And now her friends don't spend weeks and weeks there. They spend a couple nights there. And mm. she's happier. She's making more money. And the house is getting used yes. in a much more what efficient is, yeah, way. Yeah, what is I like the indication of a guest bedroom? Meaning? Meaning like when you need one? When do I take them away? Yeah. When or, there's like simmering rage around having them and they cause conflict with the couple and, mm. you know, and they just feel like dead space. And, and we're trying to do too much else in the in the main bedroom. I have this game I play with my clients where we call it changing the story with a generous act. Mm. And if you have something embedded with negative emotion for whatever reason, it's the bed that you shared with your ex-husband, it's something from person you're no longer speaking, whatever the story is, gift it, you know, list it for free on Craigslist, give it to a shelter, do something really beautiful with it, as opposed to trying to monetize something so emotionally charged. Mm. It's really empowering and it pays itself forward. And I do think it helps you just start to be more judicious with what is around you, why is it around you? And then we get into these, you know, realms of conscious consumerism and being really thoughtful with where we spend our money and what we let into our home. Beautiful. Time to take a break Mm -hmm. to talk about another very important realm of shui. Yes, it is. And we're talking about the vitamin shui. Oh my God. I think we all can relate to having way too many vitamins in our cabinet, some that we're not even taking or know what they do. Or some that are like, yeah, questionable, where we're like, is this doing anything for me? That's why we love our partner, Ritual, so much. They are a vegan, certified, sugar-free, non-GMO, gluten and allergy-free daily vitamin that combines nine oily and dry ingredients into a single pill. We've got vitamin E, vegan omega-3 from algae, iron, magnesium, folate, That's the bioavailable folic acid, friends, vitamin K2 and vitamin B12. And they also have, it's good because they're already methylated. Where are my non-methylators at, babies? Hello. And they're non-nausea designed, so they're gentle on an empty stomach. So for me, I I gotta be honest. I'm not really like, wake up, take my vitamins. I'm like remembering throughout the day. Right. So I know I can take it whenever it occurs to me and Mm -hmm. I don't need to be like, taking it with a meal. Right. And let's talk about their non-fishy aftertaste. Minty burps. Due to a mint tab that's in every bottle. Yum. So if you get like a little minty burp thing, you're just, you're part of the crew. Yeah. Join the club, guys. (laughs) So if you guys are looking for an easy all-in-one multivitamin, Ritual is the thing for you. Please head over to ritual.com slash retrograde and you will get our pod's exclusive offer for 10% off your first three months. What? That's ritual.com slash retrograde to start. And you can get this subscription and you can pause it anytime. Yep. It's really great. Mine just came today. What a joy it is to receive a package. It's like a present that you weren't expecting. Now back to some shui therapy. I want to get into plants because this feels... Problematic. Important. Problematic. <laughs> all the things. So Emily asks, how to add plants to your home when you... A, don't get a ton of natural light and kill everything. Spaces, feng shui always feel better to me with lots of greenery. Okay, well, I would urge Emily not to turn her home into a death trap. And if plants aren't doing well there, then, like, let's find another way to add life. Mm. Um, Let's get a better— Fresh flowers, really beautiful produce, hosting a little bit more. Let's also look at how is the light coming in. What's the quality of the light bulbs, the window treatments, maybe a mirror placement? 
do all of that work first and then let's, you know, dabble with a plant again. There are plants that do well in low light, you know, uh, like snake plants, but those to me feel so harsh and they really seem to kind of give the metaphor for I don't need water or light or nurture. Mm. So it really is this thing with like, are you are you single? And you're basically saying like, I don't have needs. You know, <laughs> I'm just like this plant. <laughs> I can fucking care for myself. I see a lot of snake plants in my single clients' homes. And I'm always like, get them out. But that's become this thing to me in my practice. But I'd say, Emily, like work on getting beautiful warmth and light into the home first. Maybe get yourself flowers every weekend at the market. Make a big, I love a big bowl of produce on a kitchen counter. I would caution against these things in the hot LA summer just because I was dealing with a <laughs> bit of a fruit fly problem due to my love of fresh fruit and plants. <laughs> True so, story. Uh, True you know, story. Be seasonally aware when it comes to inviting sweet nectars into your space. Amen. And um, also, please don't be a fake plant person. Or a right. dead plant person. Or a dead plant person, yeah. That was a big thing that you took from me. And then, we, I know, I feel like we I talked about this. I took it from this. you. Yeah. I gifted I know. it to I you. I'm so happy. You had to hear that from someone else. <laughs> I love dead flowers. It's my Scorpio self. You know, and I have I'm dried like, lavender I in honored, my closet right now. Yeah. But it's like, it still smells nice. Well, I, lavender I and eucalyptus, I think, are different because they get, honestly, like a little more smelly when they turn dry. And I w- in a good way. Yeah, I just had a reader question. She was in Provence and she wanted all of this dried lavender. And there's a difference between like freshly dried lavender and then like the gray dead lavender that's filled with dust. Right. Those are different. Right. And like dried, dusty, dead roses from your ex-boyfriend hanging from a curtain rod, for example. Ew. Is not like high vibe. Right. But like a beautiful, freshly pressed flower from your garden. Okay. Okay. We're open to that. Put it on your altar. Right. Use it as a bookmark. I don't know. Whatever. I and see. And then refresh my memory there's, when it comes to cacti spectrum. outside. Because I, there's just I, – we've talked about this on the show so many times, <laughs> and I'm still, like, not clear. Okay. What do you mean? Like, ask – Okay. Like, so – What are we doing with a cactus? What are we doing with – okay. So, specifically – um, I have this beautiful terrain where I kind of can do whatever I, knew this I was want. going to get really specific. And to me, <laughs> cactus feels like a cool move. It'll look yeah. great. Low, low input, you know, maximum output. It's also it in the great. back. I say go forth. They're really beautiful. They're really epic. When when you have tons of mini ones on your windowsill, I'm just like, what are you protecting yourself from? Interesting. Okay. Um, if you have kids, peop, you know, uh, animals and they're all around the door and you're going to get hurt like that's just super harsh but there's really epically beautiful ones that um, look great in landscaping there's some that look beautiful in a home it's just be aware that it's a it protects itself and do you want to protect yourself there or do you not Mm, okay or just be like I grew up in Santa Fe and I like cactus and they make me feel good then like have them also like are you talking about in your backyard yeah I I mean, no expert, obviously, but it's not like you're putting it right in front of the front door no, and you're like, no one's going to get hurt in. there. It's like in the back, actually, it's like, this is a sacred space. Right. This is like the boundaries of that space. And they, you, I would say like, um, sometimes with these loaded objects, I like to just go big and really make it a focal point or a bold statement and a piece of living art. So like a really cool, big geometric cactus looks badass. Yeah. Right. And it's very purposeful as opposed to just like 
small, tiny dead one. I got yeah. so shook. <laughs> I was like really high and I was like, I can't be in here. This house, there's dishes are in the sink and there's a dead cactus outside. But some things will, <laughs> some things will talk to you and tell Triggered. you. And those are the, that's what I talk about, you know, like being willing to enter into dialogue with your home. Yeah. Or, or your friend's home. Yeah. But things will tell you if it's a yay or a nay and, and then don't be afraid to change your mind. Right. I All like right. that. Last question when it comes to the desk shui. Okay. We all have it in some, whatever we're using for a desk. Like, what should be the mindset when it comes to this part of the home or our office? Office shui? Yeah. Well, we talked about power positions, um, not being right up against a wall, not being right up against a window. All of your creativity is hitting a wall, going out the window. No one can sit across from you. Mm. You can't make money. No one's financially independent. You get money from other people. It's mm. all a, it's a bartering system. So having room for someone else to be there. Um, let's see. A solid desk. We're sitting on a lucite table. Um, you know, this creativity would drain through it. Clearly, it's not impacting you guys. But, like, get a nice, solid desk. I'll let dear media know. <laughs> a, a high back chair with arms feels more regal. I don't like trash cans under desks. What else can I throw at you? Where should the trash can go in the in the office? Um, not right under your desk where all of your ideas are. Uh, Even just like next to it. But what about like I keep contradicting myself. I'm like, none of it matters, but it all matters. But it's like what matters. Yeah, but if to you, you have a choice. I don't like to see trash cans under desks. I just feel like it's too convenient to trash your ideas. I like that. I like wire control in an office. I like beautiful, high-vibe office supplies and not copious amounts of them. Um, But a lot of these are preferences. I would say it's really important to have a way where you could clear your desk and just have a fresh start. And all of that stuff has other places to go. Right. Um, Even if, say, your, your desk is your kitchen counter, make a kitchen cabinet your office file and be able to put your laptop away, your papers away, when your girlfriends come over for a glass of wine and it's not, it doesn't have a home. Mm. So just, is that, a, is that enough office? Yeah. yeah that's art that's really life. Helpful. But like, okay, for me, you know, I get my mail and then I tend to like stack it on my desk and then go through it. But then sometimes there's things I leave there and like my desk isn't like fully empty. I don't think it needs to be, but okay. I, you know, that moment where you get, um, I have a lot of writer clients and you'll just hit a block. Right. And you no, just, <laughs> do you, no, you don't know anything happens. about this. <laughs> The opportunity to wipe the slate clean, but right. not trash, not not throw everything on the floor, but it has a place where it could live when you're not working with it. I get it. And then I will often have them get themselves like something red, some fresh red flowers, but to activate. Mm. But where you can start to, you know, experiment and have breathing room, have places to put things. But I'd say a solid desk in a power position with a nice solid chair, trash can not there, only the wires that you need. And please clean the, the computer screens, like, once in a while. Clean the keyboard. Yeah, that's stressful. I mean, financial energy is meticulous energy. You know, you think yeah. about these these finance whizzes, like, down to the penny. And so when the work that we're doing is to earn money, a little bit of what we call metal energy, being very meticulous, a bit anal, helps. Mm. Having a lot of rhythm and order and systems if your business is a mask and your desk is a mask, that's connected. Interesting. If you want to get that. more organized, you want to put a better image out there, like start there. And you know what this all goes back to is this big overreaching theme that Steph and I have 
have been speaking about a lot on this show, and that's making space and mm-hmm. like starting our days. Like we're really not married to a routine, but like having space in the day to be able to check in with what you want. A lot of this work is making space and time to assess and then do. And and as you said, like spending the day scrubbing the floor and like, you know, giving it a clean, fresh start to the space, taking the time to be meticulous with the mail that's been stacking up and going through it and having the space within your week to just assess the space around you. And align with it. Oh, so like at the end of every week, like look at your house and be like, what needs to happen here? Like that's been a huge thing for me where yeah. it's like I make sure that at the end of every week, if I've, if I've had a crazy week and I'm working and running to 20 different places and I don't have time to like sometimes at the end of the week, I'll close on my floor. Or like my kitchen table is messy or whatever. It's like I never want to start a new week with a mess. So I'll take that time on Sunday to really like make it that day, like intentionally yes. like she's saying. And say you'd like to call in the ability to have a a cleaning service once a week. Well, you need to have where things go. You have some work to do before someone could really clean your house. Right. And yeah. And that's really cool too, to kind of prepave that you're going to have more support in your life by making yourself in a position to be supported. Right. Um, It's a lot easier for me to find someone to help me with my kids when they have a set schedule. Right. It's a lot easier for me to have my house cleaned when I know that everything has a home and I know what cleaning supplies are low and I know what happens on this day of the week and why. Right. But until you have that, you know, no one can save you from yourself. (laughs) So getting things to a point, I was talking with my book editor yesterday and we talk a lot about um, firm boundaries, which are literally like the walls of a home and so many other things, right? And then wild freedom within. So a lot of feng shui is freedom to do things and freedom from doing things. So Mm. it's like, I don't want to do all this work so I can clean my house two days every day. But it's like, if I said, if I do the work and I do the reset and I give things homes and I give it a rhythm, I have a freedom from cleaning my home. Yeah. That's the straightening up takes like two seconds. Two seconds when you know where everything goes. When you know where everything goes. But there's a, there's a big, it's like getting to the gym for the first time. The biggest hurdle is just saying, I'm going to block the time to set this up to be easy for me. I'm not trying to make people Martha Stewart. I'm trying to give people more time to live their lives within and outside of their homes. And maybe considering that you need to get rid of some stuff. Shui therapy. Wow. This is Shui therapy. Can we call this episode that? Sure. Sure. What a great conversation. Thank you to all of our listeners. We had such Those are great questions, everybody. Thank you so much. Helpful questions. And Megan, this is the third time you've been on the show. Thank wow. you. Hopefully, wow. here's to many, many more. You've had, you've made such an impact in both of our lives and in our spaces. And Stop it. On, hey, True story. We'll ask, you know, we could we could make this a little regular thing. Yeah. I'm starting to answer more questions. I'm starting to actually use Instagram again. And, you know, so, yeah, it's good. There's Let's do it. endless fun questions. So thank Truly. you, everyone. And thank you to both of you. This is an honor our and a privilege. Pledge. Oh, um, so let our listeners know where they Friendship can find Shway. you. <laughs> MeganWellsJames.com, which is down for a rebrand, but back up and yeah, running girl. soon. We know all about that. Um, yeah, someone p- tagged me in something and they were like, retrograde and Megan both <laughs> had like splash pages. Um, I'm on Instagram, begrudgingly, at, at Megan.Walls.James. And then... I'm going to be, I keep saying I'm about to launch something, but I am. And it's going to be 
a lot of like Q&A membership stuff and a lot more how-to. Cool. I think sometimes I'm so vague because it's hard to tailor this to everyone, mm-hmm. but start to get really into more specifics of how can you apply this modality into your exact life. Mm. And so I'm so excited to, to take it to that level. Beautiful. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye. This week's Roses and Thorns is brought to you by Cured Nutrition. They are um, doing the CBD thing, guys. They are part of it. Yeah, I think it's our new best friend across (laughs) the board. CBD, as we all know, is most commonly used for calming, stress relief, and uh, anti-inflammatory properties. But Cured is creating a product that is integrated with CBD and other aspects of wellness. So what does that mean? They have things they're they're blending with adaptogenic herbs and cannabinoids to create a full spectrum line of products when it comes to tinctures, food items, uh, dog treats. I mean, they've got it all. It's really happening. And all of them lend to helping with sleep, stress, performance, recovery, pain, anxiety. And they give you an opportunity to kind of um, insert their blends of CBD into like different aspects of your life. So they have like an on-the-go cookie bar or delicious, a nice uh, sugar to put. The cured spices. There you go. There's cinnamon and there's a Chipotle one. It's just like, why would you not eat your food whilst relaxing with a sweet cannabinoid? It's so nice. Also, they have the pills mixed with medicinal mushrooms, herbs. Yeah. For the morning time, zen for the eve. Yep. It's really fun. They're really like making it happen in such a helpful, integrated way. And the thing with Cured is that you're getting 100% locally sourced Colorado hemp extracts. Cured is also guarantees a rigorous quality control system, which I think as we're moving into this world of CBD, Mm -hmm. that is one of the most important pillars in our exploration. Agree. And if you want to see um, all the details of their operation, you can go to curednutrition.com and we can see everything that they're doing, which is, I love transparency in a brand. Also, while you're there, use TSR at checkout to save 15%. Wow. That's curednutrition.com, code TSR, 15% off. I must say, I'm really enjoying their zen Pill at night. Get something for yourself. Get something for your animal. Get something for your lover. I mean, guys. CBD for everybody. Have the chillest household in America. I dare you. That's code TSR at checkout. Okay, back to Roses and Thorns. Roses and Thorns. Roses and Thorns. Okay, first rose that I need to say is I heard the funniest phrase that I'm going to adopt. I was listening to a podcast and they go, I just love them. They have amazing podcast energy. Dead. And so I was like, do we have amazing podcast energy? Dead. So I just want to adopt that line. Thank you to whomever said that because it was the funniest thing I've ever heard. Wow. I think we do. Ape, baby. I love amazing. Okay, we can't be abbreviating everything, Elizabeth. We can, though. Mm, we can. You it's time for that R&T. is my thorn. Okay, fair. <laughs> um, I have a thorn confession, actually, in okay. relationship to this episode. And that is that while my apartment is singing a shui song, mm-hmm. just with pitch-perfect tone, yeah. my garage is um, growling through the night with uh, some sickness. Okay. And I need to shui my garage. And here's why I haven't. First of all... It's hot as fuck outside, and I don't know that I'm willing to put my body through the temperature rise. Okay. And B, it's, like, dusty and dirty, and so 
After we recorded with Megan, I ordered some things on Amazon.com. Sorry, everyone. I know that I'm not supposed to do that, but you tell me where to get everything, okay? And I'll do that. <laughs> you tell me where to get overnight delivery. <laughs> Literally, we got to take the go with the bad right now. Um, and I ordered a face mask for my breathing. Very Zach Baggins. Eye goggles for my eyes. Because that was the biggest thing that I was afraid of. I was like, I can't clean my garage. I'm going to get an eye inflammation problem. Like, that's my biggest fear in life at this point. I know you I relate. understand that. So I got, like, the huge, like, workman's goggles and some giant gloves. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about it like it's the grossest thing in the world. It's not. It's just a bunch of, like, boxes from my childhood home and um, Some of bags, my books. Some of your shit. I need to come get those. It's fine. I'm going to pull everything out, and then I'll yeah. tell you when you need to come. But that's my shui confession is that I have one last part of my life that needs to be worked out in that way. And she has told me because I'm like, I think I want to move like in the next like six months. And she's like, you're never going to fucking move if you don't clean that garage. So that's actually stay true. Tuned. I know. I, I'm, I like I pull my car into it and I see all this shit. And I'm like, look away. I want to talk about for my rose some bed shui. Okay. Because as we talked a little bit about in this episode, I've been in this like very fun project space of the home. Mm -hmm. And the first few things I got for the house were like from Ikea and Overstock. And I think those are great. But then I kind of made a conscious decision. I really want to find things from obviously we have such a great access to different flea markets and swap meets here in L.A., and um, also, I like love an Etsy moment. Mm-hmm. So I ended up buying a bed from Etsy. Oh, weird! And it's an LA-based woman that makes them. Okay. And the the um, Etsy store is called Soft Frame. Okay. And it turned out so great. It sits on the floor. It kind of has that like cushy floor. Ex- like I can't explain it. I'll provide a photo, but. It was a a really worthy investment. I think. What I was spent, the price of the bed? I think it was like five fifty all in. That's incredible. Cozy, such a vibe. Like it definitely is like a choice. Yeah. Aesthetically. Yeah. But it was such an exciting. Have discovery. I seen this bed? I don't think so. Oh wow. Um, delivered to my door. Thanks for inviting me over. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so I love it so much. And it was just exciting to discover and like kind of find something that was handmade and and fun. I also love that you can find something like that at a price that's reasonable. Totally. Because like weirdly beds are expensive. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And um, did that have like a Buffy comforter, which I'm really, really vibing okay, on. Okay, can we talk about that? Yeah. It's like the greatest summer comforter of all time. At first, I was actually kind of like, I don't know if I'm going to like this. Same. And I loved it. Because it wasn't like really fluffy. But then I took my other comfort off my bed because I was fucking sweating. Yeah. Wow. And then discovered this brand, which I kind of did a call out on Instagram because I had never heard of this brand and I felt like I was asleep. The brand's called Koyuchi and they make all organic bedding and towels and the whole thing. And here's the kicker in my discovery. Kick us, Elizabeth. They do, so we all know, like, we have our linens, we have our towels. It's very hard to donate those afterwards because a lot of places don't take them, like the Goodwill and that sort of thing. you put them in your ass. <laughs> sure. And I don't know what you're doing with your bed stuff, but yeah, oh, my maybe. towels. <laughs> <laughs> and so they have this recycling program, essentially, where you can do, like, six months, 12 months, 24 months, and you kind of, like, rent it. You pay a monthly fee. I'm doing, like, air quotes. And then when you're done with it, you can either choose to buy it hold on to it or trade them in for something else. 
Okay. So I did the price out for it, and it's like an investment, but it's the same. Sheets? Sheet. They what, about, have, what about like if there's like cum on them? Well, you wash them. Yeah, I know, but sometimes that shit stains. I don't, I don't know about that. Girl, sometimes you get a coconut oil stain or like a, a cum I, stain. I don't, I don't know. You have to take it off with their <laughs> customer so service. You're a grown woman. You can talk about cum. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Because <laughs> I'm having like a very G-rated like home shui conversation. <laughs> I know it. The sheets, the, that's one thing where I'm like, I would wonder about that. It's like staying at a hotel. Well, it's they fucking have, like, creepy. I'm thinking more like towels because I think towels get gross. Sure. After a while, you know, you want to keep it plush. You want to keep it nice. Anyway, I was just, you know, I love a home <laughs> She's subscription. She's so uncomfortable. I threw her for such a loop. I wasn't expecting that question. And I was like, good. I won't give you my cum towel story. <laughs> Thank you so much. It's so early for that. Um, Sorry, back to the cool brand that you were talking about. <laughs> so uh, now all I have is just like sex sheets in my head right now. So I guess we're done. <laughs> no. Anyway, so. So the whole idea is that the U.S. generate, they say on their website, the U.S. generates 21 billion pounds of post-consumer textile waste Mm -hmm. and their circular subscription program closes that loop. Oh, that's cool. And so I feel like I just hear you like you mentioned Amazon, for instance. Yeah. And you meant like all of these different companies. Yes, they're shipping things. Yes, there's like a lot to say against brands that are direct consumer get cutting out the middleman, like the shops and all of that. I'm with you. I see all of that. here with you. But I think there's something to be said for these brands that are like thinking 10 steps ahead of, of where course. we are and are adapting to where we are with technology. Yeah. And looking, you know. And with waste. Exactly. And I'm actually not uh, comparing this recycle program to Amazon, but I think Amazon's also doing some really interesting stuff with like delivering whole foods to your door and and that kind of thing. Like People need to catch up and meet us where we are when it comes to identifying the consumer waste that we have. Mm-hmm. Also, the fact that people want to be um, not inconvenienced with purchasing things. Yeah. And so I'm just seeing this overall trend and it's it has me excited. I just love a subscription program. Yeah. You know me. I know. I, I like a low commitment anything. Thanks for staying on the forefront and I will get you a black light. Thank you. <laughs> Fuck, no, I don't want that. <laughs> um, okay. That has been our episode of Shui and all other things regarding home and heart. We love you guys. If you want to uh, keep this show going, please head over to iTunes. Give, Give us, us a, a review. review. You like to read love. them. It means a lot. We're trying to get to 10,000. Oh, okay. <laughs> Elizabeth just learned that. <laughs> I just learned that. I love that though. Yeah, why not? The more the merrier. Um, thanks so much to Megan Wallace-James. You guys can check her out on Instagram and uh, find us at So Retrograde. And we will see you next week. Namaste listening. Bye. Yes, that's So Retrograde.